Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. We've got a pop-up show for you guys tonight. Um, myself, TJ Pittenger, as always, with Freddie Stevenson and Richie Barnes. Uh, this is like 20 or 21 episodes in. Nobody's missed a show yet, so I'm proud of us for uh, for, for doing that. Um, how are you guys doing tonight? Man, I'm good, man. It's Wednesday, so that means I'm two days away from a cheat day, so I'm feeling good, man. Two more days and <laughs> Double Fries No Slaw on the weekend. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good. I'm excited about tonight. You know, we typically don't record on Wednesdays, but you know, we we had a great opportunity here thanks to you know Freddie and our producer Harlan, and we had a jump on it. So I'm really pumped for today. We've got a great guest for you guys. We won't be super long. Uh, I'm thinking 20, 25, 30 minutes max, um, if that. But we've got a good guest for you guys. I've even classed it up a little bit and gone from bourbon to red wine, so I can be a little more classy around here. So. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Want to always remind you that Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. I had a conversation with their um, owner yesterday, and we've got some things in the works um, to continue to do with them. So appreciate the love that they've given us. Appreciate the support on social media, as well as them putting our stickers on their drive-thru. Um, that's super cool. That's yeah. the number one place that people listen to podcasts is in their car. And so if you're going through a drive-thru and you see Double Fries No Slaw, I think you you might just Google that. So uh, hopefully that's helping our listeners grow. And so we appreciate them. 1818 West Tennessee street, 2550 North Monroe in Tallahassee. But if you are in Alabama, Ohio, uh, Georgia, Kentucky, Florida, they've got one in Tampa. Yeah. They're kind of all over. Go to go threes. If you're anywhere close, tag us in a picture, double fries, no slaw. And I will send you a sticker um, of the podcast, double fries, no slaw sticker. So appreciate their support uh, guys. Let's jump right into it. If you guys are ready, I don't want to waste a ton of time. We have, um, former FSU standout baseball player and the brother of Jordan Travis. We've got Devin Travis on the line tonight. How's it going, man? Thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. Yeah, man, I'm good. Thank y'all for having me, man. I'm pumped up. Man, we are super excited. We uh, all fell in love with your brother uh, over the weekend on Saturday and watching him. Some of us were, were big fans before that. I don't know how many people have come in their first run in uh, in history and scored a touchdown right like what was that the uh which game was that richie uh boston college boston college State, louisville yeah. something I, I was probably hammered because it was last year but <laughs> anyway uh appreciate you for hanging out we'll talk to you about him and about yourself but man what, what's going on with you man what have you been up to lately man not much uh still trying to get this damn knee right um and i'm finishing up school so 29 year old fsu student right <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah, I'm really just, I'm just, uh, I mean, this is my first time really in my life that um, I haven't been a baseball player. So it's a little bit weird, to be honest. Um, but just rolling, man. Just rolling. Watching the Noles on Saturday, hoping uh, things get a little more exciting. I'm a Cowboys fan, so that sucks too. Money uh, <laughs> last week, man. Woo, grind. <laughs> Who's your, uh, I- before we went live tonight, I, I heard you listen to baseball. I know you played for Toronto. Who, who's your baseball team? Who you follow? I grew up a, a big Braves fan. Um, just being in South Florida, TBS had that contract. So no. every day when I get home from, from elementary school, I'd pop the Braves game on. My, my aunt actually dated a, a ball player for the Braves back when, I don't know, damn, almost 30 years ago. Um, and they had spring training in West Palm Beach, so. Turned into a Braves fan, and now, I don't know, I just root for all the homies. That's really it. Yeah. Now wouldn't be a t- bad time to be a Braves fan. What are they, like 6-0 in the playoffs or something? 
them boys can them boys can bang, man. They get hit. They can hit. So talk to us. Are you you said you're back in school? Are you in Tallahassee? Or are you doing a distance? Yeah, I'm back home. It it actually I, I think that FSU offers like a program regularly that you can um take classes online. There was one class that um never would have been available online. So I would have had to go up to Tallahassee to take it and uh because of COVID it opened up online. So I got to knock that one class out the way and, you know, I'm just taking classes right here from home. Awesome. Um, talk to us about, um, before we get into your brother, talk to us about your time in Tallahassee. I mean, you were, you were a great, great. I mean, I know Harlan is like the biggest baseball fan on the podcast here. He helps us a lot of stuff on the back end. You guys know each other, but talk to us about your time in Tallahassee playing for, um, an absolute FSU legend. Um, you know, were you able to keep up with, with the program last year in the shortened year with, um, you know, Mike Martin Jr. taking over and just tell us, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, man, playing for uh, 11 was really just a, a dream come true. You know, um, you said it best. I mean, you talk about Mike Martin, it's like legend comes with it. Um, he's a fantastic dude. First and foremost, uh, he always put his players first. He always put us in the best position to win. Um, I think the coolest thing and my favorite thing about him is the, the family environment that he um, that he creates. And he talks about it when he's recruiting you. And it actually sticks true throughout throughout my entire time in Tallahassee. It was always your seminal, and you play for that name on the front of your jersey. The name on the back, yeah, it means something. Um, but if you play for the name on the front of your jersey, the name on your back of your jersey, you'll wind up looking the best in the end. And um, we all buy into it. I think that's why the program is so successful. Um, and then just really a smooth transition, right? With with you know Mike Martin to Mike Martin Jr. Um, I wish I could have watched 11 coach forever, but um, I guess the time had come. And uh, Meat's going to be great there, man. He He's a fun-spirited guy. He's tough as hell. Um, he does not play any games. He can damn sure coach some hitters. Um, and I even hear they got a crap ton of pitching now too. So uh, it would have been perfect watching them win a world series last year for 11, but, uh, I really think they got some special building up there and, uh, I look forward to following them. We had, uh, we had me on our, like, I don't know, third or fourth show ever. Harlan was kind of able to hook that up for us. And, um, yeah, I mean, he was, he was great to, great to have him on the podcast and he's funny you know he's so like dry but he's i mean he was funny he talked about how like he shut down mckeithen stadium and because we beat you know uf on the last game of the year and then you know COVID hit so of course we're gonna like revel in that because 11 had such a hard time and and then really the only other question i've got for you is we asked him about guthrie's obviously the podcast is double fries no slaw uh are you a, are you a big guthrie's fan have you had yourself a gut box or two back uh, you know in the day now what's up here hey double fries no slaw i'm with you but dan let me tell you <laughs> It was the fall of my junior year. I had surgery that, that summer, and I didn't play fall ball, but I was smashing Guthrie's. And <laughs> the scale from August 15th or August, whatever it was, until January 1 when I could finally run again, I put on about 20 damn pounds. So <laughs> Guthrie's got the best of me a couple of times, man. And and actually we were just in Tallahassee this weekend and we won and, and uh, I went out with my family and we had a few drinks and 
I felt like I was back in college, man. It was 2 a.m. That Guthrie's line was like all the way wrapped on Tennessee. <laughs> but believe it, five boxes for everybody. Perfect. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Hey, Devin, man, I got a question. What, what's it like having a sports family, being a part of a sports family? And I need a little advice for you. I just have a daughter, man. She's one now. Um, You got you made it to the major leagues, and now you got a little bro balling and doing his thing. Like, what, what did the parents do for y'all? Like, what they put in your Wheaties? Like, what I got to do for my daughter to make sure she's <laughs> doing her thing in the Olympics someday? You know, I got, I got to know the secrets. Like, tell me something. Hey, you got the genes. You don't have to worry. <laughs> you don't have to worry. You'll be all right. You know, man, I, I guess we just got lucky, you know, and, 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 and God hooked us up. I mean, I, I'm a believer in that. Um, when it comes to, to parenting and, and being pushed towards sports, um, my dad never played any games. I mean, it was from five years old on when I started playing baseball and Jordan started playing football at five. Um, my dad's a nice guy and he smiles pretty, but he's about, he's about his business. And, and that's something that was always struck into us was to have fun, to stay positive, to never let anybody know whether you're having a good game or a bad game. Um, but you better ball out. And that was kind of just how it always was. Um, I'm so thankful, man. I, I've, I've two great parents, um, the prettiest one in our family is my little sister. Very proud of her too. She was a sick athlete too. I wish she would have damn stuck with something. Um, but I'm blessed, man. I, I got I got great parents and and um, they showed me the way. Um, and uh, yeah, that's really why I played the game of baseball so hard. And I know that's why Jordan uh, plays football so hard because we want to make our parents proud at the end of the day, like all of us. So um, you'll be all right though, dog. You ain't got to worry. I, I I seen you, but hey, I was I was reading about you a little bit before because I wanted to get refreshed. I mean, I follow recruiting in football when I was at FSU. Like, I missed class to go home and watch signing day. Like, I saw like the transition of like you know you and 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 Dalvin and and Travis Rudolph and all the boys like just piling in and and uh, so you don't got to worry. You all right? I, I know you could ball. I, I know Dalvin Cook what was it twenty fifteen or sixteen? You set that NCAA record. You were leading the way. Come on. Yeah, the people that should have asked that was me. Like my kids need to know how we can transition to sport. Like Freddie's kids are fine. Like my kids like need the help. So if right. anybody's gonna be getting lessons, gonna be it's be mine. Yeah, <laughs> call us. Just call us. We got you. <laughs> um, as big bro, you find yourself sometimes giving Jordan like tips and stuff. I know you play baseball, it's a little different, but a lot of the same characteristics translate into being successful in the sport. So does he sometimes hit you up for tips on when you struggle? Cause you know, the game is more mental than anything. You find yourself sometimes giving him advice on how to handle the process and how to adjust to the pressure. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question. And you really took the words out of my mouth when when I speak about Jordan and football, I, I try to always start by saying I've never played football. I, I couldn't imagine being in y'all's shoes. I mean, y'all grind daily that we play games every day, but I'd rather play games than go practice. I, I heard Jimbo on them backfields. I don't. So with that being said, um, I always just try to keep it simple. Um, you bust your tail in practice um you, you you bust your tail on game day to make sure you're prepared 
You bust your tail on the sideline to make sure when your name gets called, you're ready to go. You bust your tail in the film room. I don't know nothing about football, but that was kind of my mentality in baseball was I'm going to watch my film. I'm going to bust my tail in practice. I want to practice so hard that the game is easy. Uh, and, and I had a, a great teammate tell me those simple lines, and I wish I'd heard it earlier in my career. But that's really the message that I give to Jordan is have fun with it, man. They're, they're, you're a college athlete at Florida State. On top of that, you're a college football player at Florida State. I don't know many better lives. I mean, I played in the big leagues, and yes, shit was sweet, but putting on an FSU baseball uniform was right up there with it. Um, putting on an FSU football uniform is only better. I mean, I, I just want one time to get like a uniform and run on the field. And I just want to feel like the crowd is like rooting for me and I want to like hold my helmet up. So, you know, I kind of, I kind of just try to, to remind him how blessed and how lucky he is every single day to wake up and, and to be able to do what he loves on top of it, do it at the school that he dreamt about playing at since I was there. So, um, I just try to keep it short and sweet, man. Your your mind and your and your attitude and your work ethic, it all shows out on, on game day. Um, if you're if you're always ready, you never have to, you know, be ready. You're you're always ready to rock and roll. And um, I'm proud of him for that because he did kind of take that mentality on. Can you can you talk to us about his um his confidence level, right? Like so he he was able to come in um and really just ball out against, uh, you know, not a great team, right? Um, but a, a team that we were losing 21 to seven against, right? So, um, but now he's got to go up to, you know, one of the tougher games we're going to have this year, right? Top 10 team in Notre Dame uh, in South Bend. Uh, this is different than Jacksonville State, right? A lot different than Jacksonville State. And so can you talk to us about his confidence, where you know, I don't know how much you chatted with him this week or how much, you know, you try and like leave him alone, let him focus, but like, where's his head at this week? And like, what's he, you know, what's, what's going through his mind? Yeah. And it's crazy because I, I try to, to, I try to, you know, when, when it's someone that you love and and that you care about, you want to like kind of feel what they're feeling. And Jordan has always had this like really special ability to just like kind of stay like here. Um, and I'm watching the game too, and I'm excited, and I'm like so jacked up. And after the game, I just want to give him a hug and tell him I'm proud of him. Like I, I dreamt the damn seeing my brother out on that football field. So seeing him out there, I don't care if he balls out or sucks. I want him to ball out, but seeing him out there for me is enough. Um, after the game, I'm thinking he's going to be excited. You know, he's obviously been wanting to play and hasn't been playing as much as he'd like, and and he's just like a flatline kid. I mean, you'll get a smile out of him. You'll never hear him talk about himself. Um, to be honest, I, I text, I've been texting him every day this week. Cause I, I, and I keep it simple. Hey, how you doing? You good? What's going on? And I got nothing. So to be honest, I don't know where his head's at. All he tells me is I'm busting my tail and I'm excited to play. Like he's really that kid. And, and I was, a I was, a I tried to be a bit like that, but I'll wear my emotions on my sleeve. If I mean, if I hit a homer, I'm, I'm excited. He's never really been that kid. So um, I don't know. I, I, I think he's good. He's, he sounds excited. He's always been a quiet, confident kid. Um, he also knows the, the task that's at hand. And, and he also understands that Jacksonville State, no disrespect. I thought they were actually a pretty decent looking football team, nowhere near Notre Dame by any means. Um, but he understands that 
this is this is a different game. This is a different dog. This is a game that he's never played in his entire life. So um, I'm excited to see what it looks like, really. So, Devin, I, you know, at Florida State, clearly the past two years, we've our players individually, uh, for the most part, have not handled adversity well. Um, and one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is in sports, it's just as difficult to handle success well. So not many people were talking about Jordan, you know, a whole lot because we, we didn't know if he was healthy or if he would play. Then he comes out and has that performance, you know, leads six touchdown drives of 60 plus yards, which is unheard of around here since, you know, Freddie and Dalvin were playing. So uh, obviously you had success at an early age and we'll get into that a little bit later. It, but what do you tell him as far as that goes? Like, hey, man, you had a great game, but, you know, you got to stay the course because one good game against Jacksonville State doesn't necessarily mean it's going to carry over to Notre Dame or whoever else. But one thing I loved about watching the game, it, your brother, man, he smiles the whole time. After every play, he's got a huge smile on his face. He's running out there doing stuff as a fan. I don't want him to do trying to block off, seal off linebackers on the goal line. He's just, he looks like he loves playing football. But now that he's had this success, what would you, what have you said to him or, or how do you think he's going to handle it? I, and I think that's kind of why I was fishing at him, right? It was because I, I wanted him to, to give me something. Um, there's never much excitement to the kid. I mean, he just doesn't I, – I, and I, I, I used to get mad at him. Like, he was in high school and obviously completely different level, just like every college football player at Florida State was probably the best player on their team. But he would do, like, cool things against much inferior talent. And I would always be like, why, like, you just hand the ball to the ref. Like, why don't you, like, ever, like, get pumped up? Like, go on the sideline, like, pump up the crowd, like the – the crowd is here to see you play and he's always just been a flatline kid. Um, like I said, after the game, I, I felt like I, I was looking at the same kid that was walking off the, off the, out of the stadium at my, the Miami game. I mean, he's just a flat kid. I, I've always wanted him to be show more energy and, and, and more excitement. You're just not going to get it out of him. He, he just, enjoys playing football. Um, and I hope that he does understand that, um, four for four today, 20 for 20 with five touchdowns last Saturday, whatever the damn numbers are, your next game is how you get judged. So, um, I think he understands that mentality and, and, uh, I guess we're going to see. Yeah. Silent killer, man. I'll take it. And again, we, we know it was Jacksonville State. I hate to keep having to qualify it. But one thing I noticed, when Jordan came into the game, the defense, after the offense had some success and scored a few touchdowns, the defense kind of elevated their game as well. And I kind of think about, you know, a, a baseball game where you get, you're down like 3-1, but then you have like a six-run inning where you just someone gets a base hit and the rally gets going. You know, how much is that real in sports where so a quarterback who doesn't play defense can have that much of an impact on the defense because they have the mentality now, well, they're going to go score. So let's go get a stop. You know, it's not like previous years are like, doesn't matter what we do. The the offense is going to be three and out anyway. Now they, they, in their mind, the defense, like we have a, this offense could, has, you know, they, they have something to it. So we need to go out and elevate our game. Did you, did you see that a lot at Florida state and, and even in the bigs when you played there? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that because I never played football, I'm sure Freddie could, could touch on that more with, with football because I, I did notice that. And, and I don't know how real that is. I, I don't know if that excites the defense. I don't know if that these kids at Florida state, they, they are talented damn kids. And, and 
although our record the last three or four years may not show it, I believe that these kids can go out there and get the damn job done. They just got to have a little bit of belief, right? And and you see it with so many football teams. Uh, I don't think UCF has more talented football players than Florida State. I, I firmly believe that. However, they win and, and we haven't been. Um, it's contagious, man. That energy is, is contagious. Winning is contagious. Success is contagious. When I see one of my buddies hitting a homer, my heart beats 30 clicks faster. And when I get up to the plate, I'm seeing a little bit clearer. That's how it is. And, and like I said, I keep referring back to baseball because I have no idea what it's like to be a football player. I could not imagine playing that damn sport. But I do believe in sports that that excitement and that and that and that joy and the passion and, and the feeling of walking onto the sideline and looking at your counterparts and saying, let's do this, let's, let's do this shit. Right. And, and, and I think that maybe uh, the sport of football, especially with all the energy that runs through those kids veins and in their blood and their bodies, um, that excitement's contagious. Yeah, and, I, and I, I know we're 21 point dogs this weekend, but I, I'm excited, man, to, to see Florida state in prime time, NBC, seven thirty kickoff, it's a big deal, and, and it'll be a, you know your brother's first real big game as starting quarterback into this. Um, I want to go back to your history a little bit because you you found uh, the national spotlight at a very early age. You know, we're going back to the Little League World Series, man. You you became a household name at 12 years old in 2003 when the you know Boynton Beach, you know they won the U.S. and the you know unfortunately y'all lost to Japan. But what was that like as a 12 year old kid? That, out of nowhere, just blowing up. I mean, obviously, I know it wasn't in the social media age because that probably would have made it that much crazier. But you were a household name for baseball fans before you even got to Florida State. What was that run like, man, uh, going through the Little League up to, you know, Pennsylvania and then, uh, you know, eventually playing for a world championship? Because that's that's got to be one of the coolest things at a young age. And we talked about handling success at an early age. Surprisingly, a very few number of Little League World Series participants have gone on to the MLB. You're one of the few. Um, so just take me through that a little bit and how that kind of helps spark to your baseball career, getting to the bigs, man. That's cause that's the dream of everyone who plays baseball. Yeah. You know, I, I, I look back at those days and, and I wish I could remember them more vividly. Um, I, to be honest, I didn't even realize I was playing on TV. I, I, I realized that there were people in the stands, but I was always so afraid to not succeed. And, and when I say afraid, I just that feeling that we all got, whether it's taking a test or, 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 or playing in a game, I just wanted to succeed so bad that, and my dad was the coach and, and car rides home aren't fun when you don't play good games. I'm sure we all know that from growing <laughs> up and, and uh, I didn't want to make my dad mad. I mean, I have a bad, bad or a bad attitude or I make an error and I come off the field and I'm holding my head down. I got to see my dad in the dugout. So um, for me, I just, think I was just playing baseball, man. I, I had no idea that that I was playing on ESPN at, at 12 years old. I that was way over my head. Thank God there was no social media. I, I social media is the damn you know what. I'm I it messes with these kids' heads. It it makes a 12 year old Johnny that's playing the Little League World Series feel like he's Aaron Judge. Um and, and sometimes vice versa. So um, I was just a young kid playing baseball, man, enjoying the game of baseball. That's, that's how I tried to always play. Um, and like I said, me being 
me just wanting to succeed and, and help my team win games, I think that kind of helped it stay a little bit more simple for me. Yeah, but one more question, then I'm going to toss it over to Freddie here. But you get five at-bats in the Little League World Series against Danny Almonte. How many hits you getting? When I was 12? Yeah, and he was 12-year-old versus, versus, I think he was like 17, but they said he was 12 years old, so. Yeah, he was throwing bullets. I think, I think I'll sneak one out, but. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like my odds, that's for sure. Maybe like a squeaker down the right field line or something. You're way too <laughs> humble, bro. Just say you're going three for five and let's go. <laughs> hey, I tell you, I wish I could tell you that I believe that. <laughs> Hey, um, with you having such early success, the the Little League World Series, and then going on to play at the collegiate level and then the major leagues, how tough was it for you to keep that hunger, that drive? I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. Um, a lot of kids, they they have success early, and then later on you see them, they start hearing how good they are, and they stop, they stop putting in that same work. And I'm sure you've been around guys, they were, they were busting their ass at first, and then they just – kind of started chilling like how hard is it to keep that drop yeah you're you're spot on and and I, I always go back to this damn same thing but I truly just wanted to be successful every day and and I tried to keep the goal like so simple I I, I never talked about individual success because we all want that um I never set goals of hitting 300 or, or I set a goal to get to the big leagues. That was my, that was my simple goal as a young kid. But when it came to statistical goals for myself, I just wanted to win. And, and whether it was me bunning and I, and I felt like I should be hitting, um, if that's what I was called upon to do to help my team win, that's what I tried to do. And, and that's something that my dad just instilled in me, man, from a young age was, was you play to win the damn game. And, and I, I, how is the game? Well, if you went four for four, but you lost, the game sucked. Um, and if you went 0 for four and you won, well, yeah, sure, you could have done better, but you must have done enough to help your team win. And, and, and I think that's most important. And that's something that as athletes, we, we, we so often run away from is, is the winning aspect. I don't, I don't care if you're six years old. I don't care if you're in little league. I, I don't care if it's high school and you want to get recruited because you're a five-star athlete and, and, and you want to have the best tape. If you play to win the game, I truthfully believe that you, you will put yourself in the best situation, not just for that day, but long-term to have success that, that, that will continue. Um, and that's what I did, man. I, I just, I'm a little guy. I'm not, I'm not big. I don't know how Jordan and I came from the same mom and dad. I'm damn five, nine. I, I freaking half the time I can't get out and get out of the way of my butt. I, I don't know where I came from, but I played the game hard and I, and I played the game to win. And, and I don't give a damn if you were six, five and you threw a hundred or you could kick my tail off the field when I was in the box or I was on that field. It was, I was playing to, to protect the eight other guys that are, that are with me on my team. And, um, I believe that that has a, that, that has a real recipe. And I, and I truly believe with social media, with all this damn crap we see, I mean, you don't even know what you're looking at anymore. Half the time, you don't know if it's real or edited or, or, or whatever it is. I don't care about any of that, man. I want, I want to go, I want to go to the field and I want to watch the guy that's a five-star playing. I want to, I want to see how he treats his teammates and I want to see how he handles his business when he gets stopped. I don't want to see him when he runs for a hundred yards. He can do that any day. Um, 
I want the guy that's going to bust his tail, whether he has success or fails. And uh, that, I was scared of my dad, bro. I grew up scared of my damn dad. I did not want to let my dad down. And for me, that was just the simple fire that I needed to uh, push forward every day. Yeah. So many people, I mean, it just reminds me so much. You're, you're totally right. Even in like the, the pros and stuff, like I'm thinking about the NBA finals going on and stuff. Right? Like that. You know, there are guys in the league right now that are happier and more content with stats than their teams winning. Right. Like I can remember, I listened to a podcast this morning. I've been listening to some stuff because I'm a, I like the Lakers. Uh, I was a big Kobe fan, but I, um, you know, I was listening to a podcast this morning and Kobe's last finals game in game seven, he shot six for 24. He shot 25%. He was terrible from the field, but he pulled down 15 rebounds. He lived, you know, he did like the hard stuff, right? Like he got the game ceiling assist, right? Like to our test. And so, um, but there's guys out there that like, you know, his shots weren't going down, but he did everything else he could to, like you just talked about to help his team win, right? Like he couldn't hit a shot to save his life. But he right. did what he had to do to help his team win, right? You went up for four. Oh. Great. Did you did you make all all your defensive plays? Were you there every time your teammates needed you? You know, like did you situationally hit? Did you go up for four but get a bunt? You know, like whatever. So, you know, I'm I'm totally right there with you. Um, and I'm not saying that that individual don't matter. Listen, there's a time where, yeah, you, you got to get yours too. But 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 when you when you when you look in the mirror for the last time and you put that helmet on and you walk out of the locker room or you or you put on that last button of your jersey and you walk out on that baseball field the goal is to win the game and 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 it's that simple absolutely um speaking about your pro career um i want to ask you man you you homered in your first game ever right um lucky man that was luck. (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i ain't taking that tell me about that you homered in your first game ever uh against the yankees right in yankee stadium um that is, I mean, that's pretty awesome, right? Like, what, uh, take me through, like, you know, what that felt like. Your first game ever in the bigs, your homer in Yankee Stadium. It was a complete blackout, and I'm not kidding. And I'm not just <laughs> like, to, like, the typical, like, oh, I don't know. I, 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 I just didn't know, dude. I'm telling you, you can pull it up. If you ever want to and you don't believe me, but I, I hit the ball and I sprinted around the bases in less than 15 seconds. I was kind of fast, but that's like real fast. I mean, you see the guys, they flip the bat and they enjoy it. I was making sure I was touching home plate before they took that damn homer away from me. And I truthfully, ever from that moment on, I mean, it was a, a 407 game or something. I was on the John at 402. I mean, I was nervous as hell. Um I don't remember nothing. I'm, I'm for real. I, I, that whole day is like a blackout. Like we, I made a deal with my dad back in, in college. If I ever got to the big leagues, he'll have a drink. My dad don't drink. I'm still working on him. Uh, but I, I, that's about like the main thing I remember from that day is like we, I hit the homer. We won the game. That's the lineup car right there. I got to keep that baby close. Um, dope. um but Yo, I don't, I don't, uh, we went to dinner after the game. My whole family was there. My agent, I got, but I got none, man. It was the best day of my life. I just wish that I didn't like, just like fully just like black. I don't remember like one ground ball I caught. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It never happened to me before. So I know it was well, the, probably the coolest day of my life though. That's for sure. I'll follow up with this then. Tell me about your, like of your four years playing, like what, 
you know, game or series or at bat or defensive play? Like what, what's like the fondest memory you kind of have looking back? Somebody you got hit off of a, a big play you made, whatever. I'd say the, the, no doubt the, the coolest moment was in 2016. So Toronto, we weren't that good. And, and, and prior to 14 and, I got traded in 15 and, and I was the least important part of that, that trade of the, the trades that came in, but, but we got some damn good players, Donaldson, Russell Martin, David Price, Melvin Upton. I mean, the names, they just kept flowing Tulo. Um, and in 15, I was the lead off. I worked my way up to the lead off hitter and I blew my damn shoulder out. Cause I can't ever stay healthy. Missed the whole year. We went to the playoffs, made our whole little run. The bat flip hurt around the world. 16 rolls around and I didn't feel like I was a part of the team. Right. Cause I wasn't there for none of the celebrations. I, I would, I had surgery. I was back home 16. We won the wild card game in 2000 and yeah, 2016 we're on the wild card game in Fenway. And I got to take on that celebration and, and hug my brothers after 162 game season and, and the blood, sweat and tears. And people don't understand how much work goes into a team's success. I mean, it doesn't just start in spring training. It starts, individually from every single guy busting their tail when when the lights are off and no one's watching and uh that was the coolest moment of my entire career by far was was I mean I got the pop bottles in the big leagues like it, it doesn't get better <laughs> than that so um yeah. like I was in the same damn locker room that that Babe Ruth popped bottles back in 19 whatever so yeah um yeah definitely the coolest moment in my life of my of my professional career for sure that's super dope. I'm going to invite Harlan in real quick. Uh, we don't want yeah. to talk very much, but Harlan's got a question here. Yeah, so, cool. um, you know, I couldn't let you get out of here without uh, Sherm coming in here for a second. So, um, Sherm wanted me to ask you, and this is kind of a Sherm and me question, but I was asking about anything funny to ask you, and this is what he came up with. He said, ask Devin about how we were playing Clemson at home with a sold-out crowd. Me and him turned a sick double play to end the inning. We were running off the field, and right before we got to the dugout, he tripped me, and all the fans laughed at me. So my question yeah. is to you, was it on purpose? And second, <laughs> and second, why why, why did you have to do that to my boy, Sharon? I, I was lit. That crowd was going crazy. That was a nasty double play, too, and I was feeling it. And and Sharon was like my, he's like, I mean, he's obviously one of my best friends in the world, but but... We were like vibe brothers. Like when it was me and Sherm on the field, it was just like a, like it was a little bit of swag thing. I have my brother on the other side of the diamond. We turned a sick double play. He's running off the field and I'm looking back at him like, you damn right. And he tripped, he probably, he he probably stepped on my damn foot knowing Sherm. But uh, yeah, I apologize, Sherm. I got you a little extra <laughs> time though, so that's what's up. <laughs> I mean, so I... Uh, I got to ask, I know uh, safe travels for you this week, and I know you're heading up to South Bend for the game. Uh, pretty, uh, That's got to be pretty exciting. I, I was up there two years ago. Hopefully you have a better experience than I did. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, we got to ask uh, and uh, answer if you want. Do you have a score prediction for this weekend? No, nah, I got no predictions, man. My little right. brother's out there. That's I'm, fair. I'm, that's I'm fair. so damn nervous. <laughs> I, I get nervous before every game, like a little bit of butterflies. I have never felt any nerves like when – when he goes into the game like it are is, you more nervous or is he more nervous heading into this game right now oh definitely me there's no doubt about it <laughs> all right yeah there's no doubt about it. he yeah he's 
I'm not, I'm having like dreams and stuff. I'm, I'm <laughs> when he gets called out and it's like, he runs out, like I tap my girlfriend and my mom and my dad. And I'm like, Jordan's going out. Like yeah, my whole vibe completely um, changes when he's on that field. So I'm just excited, man. It's like a, I know it's a dream come true for me and my family to, to watch him play and, and, and he doesn't have maybe that same mindset and I hope he doesn't. I, we'll, we'll kind of relish in that glory, but he's got a job to do. This is Florida state football. There's we're held to a high standard. Um, what's been happening over these past few years is unacceptable. And I don't feel like that's disrespect for any player, former player or player currently would disagree. Um, we're held to, a, to, to the highest of standards in college football and, I just like every other FSU fan. I'm I'm a fan of the team first and foremost. Um, I, I want to see every player on that field succeed just as much as I want to see my brother succeed. And um, hopefully, we can get the tide turned here uh, shortly. And and that's all I want. And you know, I, I don't know your brother, but I I listened to a lot of his interviews, and he sounds like a like a man of faith, which is one thing I love and I'm proud of. And uh, I'm hopefully touchdown Jesus is on his side this weekend. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. We need him. We, we need that. Man. We need him. <laughs> damn right. You're damn right. You. Every day, but, but, but please, please at seven 30 on Saturday, um, man, we appreciate you so much taking some time and hanging out with us tonight. This was super dope. Um, man, I appreciate all that you've done for not only the school, but again, hanging out with us for tonight, man, and wish you the best of luck. I know you said you're finishing up school. You got some things going on, but thank you so much for your time tonight, bro. We really appreciate it. No, nah, man. Hell yeah. I appreciate it. Thank y'all for having me on. And and anytime I get to hang out with some no bros, man, I'm, uh, I'm with you. So I, I ended with this though right here. Take, take hell me yeah. it. Hell yeah. Take me back, Freddie. Take me back. I was at the game too. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I think we were all at that game, man. Yeah, we were all there. Where y'all? I don't even know where I was at. I was, I was on like the twenty yard line on the Florida State side. So there you go. There you go. He caught Kelvin Benjamin caught it, and that's all I know. Yeah. Hey, Devin, baseball team makes a run. We got to get you and Sherm on. They make a run that World Series. Y'all got to come back on. You and Sherm. All right. Let me know. Let me know anytime, man. I enjoyed it. Thank y'all for having me, bro. I I appreciate. uh, I appreciate y'all's vibes. I'm going to go eat me some dinner with my lady, and uh, that's it, bro. So go Knowles. Let's, I want to say something else, but let's, let's. – <laughs> Appreciate appreciate you, bro. Right, Let me play. I got I got a year left for eligibility, too. Let's go. There we go. All right, y'all, boys. I'll take it easy, all right? All right, all right Thanks, Devin. Yes, sir. Go Knowles. See you, man. Oh man, that was super dope. He was awesome. He was a really good interview. Sometimes you get people on and I mean, they're cool, right? Like they're FSU legends or whatever, but like he was just so down to earth and but I could have, I mean, like he's like one of the, I mean, I'd have a beer with anybody that we've had on minus like probably Charlie Ward because he probably doesn't drink, but like I grabbed several beers with Devin, I feel like. <laughs> probably I don't know far if you keep up with Devin the way he <laughs> probably was Probably not, bro. <laughs> probably not. Um no, I'm good. I'm good tonight. You guys have any closing thoughts? If not, I'll shout out Guffney's and we'll get out of here. But I, I, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow night, so I don't have a lot. Yeah, we're back tomorrow. Just shout out Devin, man. I, I didn't know what to expect with him. I, I was all a big fan. Um, I, I'm a bad fan, a bad Florida State fan. I didn't know about his World Little League World Series days until like we knew he was coming on the podcast. So it was really cool to talk to him about that. And he was just down to earth. 
clearly loves his little brother and just wants the best for him. That, that was a great interview, and I'm excited to get back here tomorrow and, and get into this game. Yeah, I mean, um, just watching Jordan Travis play in the game, it was a play that stuck out with me, that option. Um, we posted it on our YouTube when he pitched the ball and he, he led block for um, LaDamian Webb. Just that that hunger he has on the field, it all makes sense when you talk with his brother Devin, man. They, there's some hungry guys, and if our whole team can have that mentality, look up. It was great to talk with him, man. Just hear, hear that sports perspective and how you keep that hunger, even when you have a little bit of success. I don't think we have to worry about Jordan getting complacent if he has any more big games. Absolutely. I'll give a couple commercials, and then we'll get out of here. Um, yeah, Freddie just talked about that. We dropped in an extra sauce segment um, where Freddie broke down, I think it was three plays. Um, two were kind of in one, and then um, one was on its own. But quick watch. I think it was like six or seven minutes, so really quick little watch. Um, it is on our YouTube. It's on, um, it is on Facebook. It is on um, Instagram and Twitter, a shorter version of it. But you can watch the whole thing on our YouTube um, really, really cool. Go to YouTube and type in double fries, no slaw, or go to our Twitter and search for it. I'll post it again tomorrow just so that people can kind of check it out. It got like 10,000 views. Like a lot of people have been checking that out on kind of all platforms. Really, really cool breakdown from a guy who won a national championship and, and knows a lot about, um, you know, football and techniques and blocking and effort and different things that, that went on in those short little clips. So we'll do that every week. I think it's going to be Patreon only unless one of you guys with money wants to sponsor that segment. And then we'll, we'll make it free for everybody if you want to sponsor it, but otherwise it's going behind the wall. So sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash double fries pod. Um, a lot of cool stuff going there. I am excited for this weekend. There's a lot of really good football on this weekend that we'll talk about in the game day chat, as well as obviously the FSU game against Notre Dame. We'll be talking about it in there. We'll do a quick reaction show. Uh, most likely after the game on Saturday night in our discord. So patreon.com slash double fries pod everywhere that you can find us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. um, We are nearly to 1500 Facebook likes and nearly to 2000 Twitter followers. We get about 5,000 listeners and views of this a week. So we should really be at about 5,000 on all those things. So um, go like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. It's all Double Fries Pod there. And then we will be back tomorrow night breaking down Notre Dame with somebody that's very well connected with that program. I don't want to give away any names because I hate having to correct myself if people cancel. But I've got a Notre Dame beat writer on um, very well respected in the industry that I'm excited to talk about the game with him. And we'll be back on Sunday for our main show. So I'm going to take a breath now and go watch the Rays. Oh, one more thing. The Lakers are going to win the title on Friday night wearing the Black Mama jerseys, so I can't wait to talk to you guys about that on Sunday too. So, all right, that's all I got. You guys got anything else before we go? That's it for me. No, nah, I man, take a breath. Again, here. Devin was awesome. What, what a great uh, great job, Harlan and Freddie, for setting that up. I'm excited to get back tomorrow, and unfortunately we got to break down this game, but I, I think there's a little hope. I'm going to hold on to it till tomorrow night, though. So we'll, we'll go from there. Let, I'll let one of you two play us out because I don't have a song anywhere in mind right now. No, no, I'm doing the one after the Lakers win. So you can skip me. Harlan, you want to go? We haven't had you on in a couple, in a little bit. Yeah, I'll go. Um, Notre Dame week. Um, let's go drinking again, Corey Smith. TJ Genre. Again. I like Corey Smith. Shout out, TJ. All right. I like knocking some Corey Smith. <laughs> <laughs>
it's really not TJ genre because you guys all play country. Like even Freddie, like plays kind of like it's everyone's genre. Like everybody loves this music. Like it's fun. Quit hating on me. At this point, we just do it to dig at you, TJ. That's all it is. Just do a little dig at you. All right, play us out. Take digs at Richie, but play us out. like Friday night, but it's only Monday afternoon. Still there's a party going on in my living room. It's just me and a fifth of beans swaying to the sounds of old George Jones. And it won't be long till the whole damn bottle's gone. And I know it might sound sad, but to tell the truth, it ain't half bad. I love my misery. Gonna drown my blues in a sea of whiskey. I'm drinking again. Trying hard to hide the pain I'm in. So don't give me any shit, I know just what I'm getting in, sure it's a sin But I don't really give a damn, I'm I'm drinking again Oh, I'm drinking again I've got no friends to call, they've all straightened up and settled down They don't ever want to hang around But I guess I understand This house ain't much for company Smells like a cesspool here It's stinking nasty And you might say I'm bad off But I chose the road I stumbled across I picked my poison Give me another shot of bourbon Cause I'm drinking again Trying hard to hide the pain I'm in So don't give me any shit I know just what I'm getting in Sure it's a sin But I don't really give a damn, I'm drinking again Fortunately for me, I find relief when the world is weighing down on me I'll pop a top and take a shot and drop a pill Turn the radio up, sit back and chill Pretend my life is a bed of roses Try not to notice all the ghosts that are haunting me And taunting me and wanting me to cut my wrist So they can watch me bleed and laugh at me As I scream in agony, I get high for the sake of my family Cause the alcohol is all that's helping me to cope Since I went broke and lost my hope Kick my girl to the curb of the road You know I couldn't afford to support us both Hell, I'm not rich, don't have a good job Do construction work with us Named Bob and he's an ass Yells at me all the time Pays minimum wage on overtime Still he's got it made Drives an Escalade And gets 200 times what I get paid But that's okay I'll drink to his health And ruin mine I'll chug liquor He can sip red wine And I'll be fine Trying to find some peace I'll quit paying my rent And I'll break my lease I'll live out on the streets And beg for change Crawl in a box When it starts to rain Forget my family And my friends Forget the world y'all I'm drinking again Well I'm drinking again Trying hard to hide the pain I'm in so don't give me any shit, I know just what I'm getting in, sure it's a sin But I done lost control and I'm drinking again, y'all Oh, I'm drinking again, no I'm drinking again, I'm drinking again, I'm drinking again I done said goodbye to the 12-step program, oh, 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 oh I'm drinking again, I'm drinking again, oh, oh, I'm drinking